Greta, your first climate strike was a lonely event a little over a year ago. And in the intervening time, you have sparked the interest of millions, literally, of children around the globe, demanding action for climate change. What's your message to world leaders today? Uh, my message is that we'll be watching you. <laughs> This is all wrong. I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean. Yet you all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. And yet I'm one of the lucky ones. People are suffering. People are dying. Entire ecosystems are collapsing. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction, and all you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. How dare you? Hey all, it's Bushido Squirrel. Obviously those were the words of Greta Thunberg as she spoke at the UN about the climate crisis at the head of the week of global action, which kicked off last Friday with the climate strikes. So that brings around this little audio montage, I guess. I was out at the Phoenix climate strike, Chris was out at the Los Angeles climate strike, and we recorded a decent amount of stuff. I obviously can't play it all, but I did want to give you all a sampling of what it was like to be out there, what brought people out, and why people care about this incredibly important event. Uh, there are some really powerful speeches in here. Unfortunately, because a lot of this was done on the fly, we weren't able to identify every single person that makes it onto the air, but I want everyone to know that everyone who contributed to this, all of the people we spoke to that we weren't able to get into the cut, you're all amazing and beautiful, and your impact on this movement, your activism in this world, your organizing around this issue gives me so much hope, and I know that we are going to win. So I hope you bear with me through this little experiment. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope that we see you out at all of the future actions. There's going to be a lot more climate strikes happening. There are going to be many more chances to get involved. It's time for not just you to get involved, but for you to get your family, your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, your classmates, anyone that you talk to, to let them know that they can have a hand in saving this world. Because only together will we win. What could be more important than life for the next seven generations? So we thank you for allowing you, for you all being here and for you inviting us and doing proper protocol to acknowledge the original ancestors of the area. And we do acknowledge them. So I'm gonna do a prayer song and this is one of the ways that we express our prayers is through song. This is my grandson, Nishu. His name is Honor Sakush, and he's gonna accompany me. Wow. 
Whitmore. I'm just here with my kids. I'm here with my uh, son James who is six and my daughter Natalie who's three. It is a very, I think it's a really heavy burden that I didn't even consider before I started a family and once I did and I remember very vividly when my daughter, uh, my, young, my youngest was um, maybe two months old and I couldn't stop crying because I realized what I had done. You know, I had, I had brought these like really wonderful kids into the world and then I was like, oh now I'm responsible for that, you know. So that's when I really got involved and uh, just want to create a better world for them. I really want them to be inspired. I want them to see that there is momentum here growing and that they, I want them to feel empowered to join in as well and realize that like, I've talked to so many people who are like, yeah, I care about this, but they wouldn't be willing to get involved. And so I think now that, you know, it's, uh, humans are social creatures. And I think if they see a big event like this uh, happening, that they're gonna, and all around the world, I'm really inspired by the turnout in, uh, around the, you know, in other countries, especially Australia, Australia and in New York, I heard was in, enormous, and um, you know all all uh, like hundreds of countries over the world in this single day. That was um, it was amazing, and I really want to see that momentum keep going. And I'm really excited for what's going to happen. My name is Dulce Juarez. Cheese Parisona is out here because we're one of the only um, pro environment uh, environmental justice organizations that focus on communities of color doing environmental justice work in this whole state. Uh, so we're out here pues, defending the rights of Mother Earth, climate change issues that is impacting everyone, and especially it's impacting people of color um, because we are in areas where there is a lot of contamination. We live in areas where there are there is a lot of pollution. Maricopa County is actually one of the most polluted counties in the whole nation. Uh, well, I think we're number, we're like top 10 um, of counties in the whole nation that have the most pollution. So when we talk about intersectionality, we're talking about who is, who are all the people that are most being impacted. And when you think about that, it's gonna be the people that live in urban areas that are exposed to pollutants, that are exposed to chemicals, that are exposed to very polluted air. Um, and that those areas are not areas where um, they're not being taken care of and they're not being, um, they're not being invested in by pol politicians to clean up um, clean. I mean, to clean up pollution in the air. Um, so we're here to keep politicians accountable, corporate polluters accountable, to um, regulators in the state who are responsible for keeping uh, corporate polluters uh, to follow regulations, right? 
we're also here to say that we need renewable energy. So that's what I mean. There's there's so many issues in when it comes to talking about um, climate change, but I think that it's important to think about who are the communities that are most impacted. Hey, I'm Lauren. We're facing a climate crisis and we need immediate action to get climate justice for our future. A lot of emissions come from like animal agriculture and um, dairy and meat production. So cutting down on that in our country and around the world would significantly reduce our emissions and help our planet. Hi, everyone. Oh, is that too loud? No. Okay. Hi, my name is Ash Rosas, and I am extremely honored to be striking with all of you today. I just want to thank all the amazing activists that have put their souls, time, and hearts into making this happen. Thank you to them. Here at Sunrise LA, we tell and honor each other's stories. So I'll tell you a short version of mine. In 2016, I was in eighth grade, trying to decide what subjects and hobbies I was interested in when I first learned about the condition of our planet and what was happening. At that time, this topic wasn't called the climate crisis. It was called global warming. When I got to high school, this 2016 presidential election came around, and neither political party found it urgent enough to even discuss it. Once I was a sophomore, the narrative changed a bit, and it was called climate change. Now I'm a senior in high school, and we call it the climate crisis, a name that finally reflects the gravity of the situation we're in. As I got older, I realized the urgency and became extremely anxious about the future that was predicted for us. I didn't know how to grasp the reality of the situation. Because if our food, water, air, and planet were threatened, surely our government would be acting as if this was a crisis. See, I have a six-year-old sister who's in first grade, and every time I begin to think about the future, I don't just think of mine, but I believe in and hope for hers. We are 11 years apart, and while I still have the power to fight for myself, she doesn't. Her fate will be positively or negatively sealed depending on if and how we act. The, the IPCC report has given an estimated timeline of 11 years to cut our carbon emissions by half and entirely by mid-century. But we know we can't act as if time is on our side. We need to act as if the worst of the climate crisis has begun because it has. We see more destructive hurricanes too often because of our warming oceans. We see bushfires turn into infernos because of the hot, dry climate every, oh, yep. We see and experience the month of July breaking the record of the hottest month every single year. And I'll be honest with you all, I am terrified. I have spent sleepless nights thinking about what I need to do to protect my family and what the worst possible outcomes are. But it's not too late and we can still create change. When you break down the reason for us being here, it's not because we're asking too much. Is it is asking to prevent the sixth mass extinction too much? No. Is asking to breathe clean air too much? No. Is asking for a sustainable future for generations to come too much? No. Amidst all this, we must understand that this is an opportunity for us to learn from the past. We can't make the same mistakes and expect better. We can't ignore the forgotten. We can't keep the same system in place that got us here in the first place. We need a Green New Deal now. Yeah. A Green New Deal would move our country in the direction of decarbonization, jobs, and justice. Climate justice, the uplifting and prioritization of those who have been most affected by pollution, extraction, and climate disasters. 
is just as important as transitioning off fossil fuels and onto renewable energy. For so long, frontline communities, communities of color, community of color, indigenous communities, unions, workers, and minorities have been overlooked. So a Green New Deal is our chance to show that this is our moment, to show that every, this is everyone's fight. A new era has begun. I can see it. It's inclusive and sustainable, not based on deception and lies. It's time for those 90 companies that have caused two-thirds of man-made global warming emissions to be held accountable. Representatives all around the world should finally take this crisis seriously and act boldly. We know our actions are working because the Secretary General of OPEC has stated there is a growing mass mobilization of opinions against oil and it is perhaps the greatest threat to our industry. We have power locally too. Right here in Los Angeles, we pushed the Department of Water and Power to approve the Elon Project, which is a cheap and huge solar industry project that will reduce our carbon emissions. And in a few weeks, the Los Angeles Unified School District will vote on a resolution that would transition the school district to 100% clean renewable energy that would result in a safe and healthy environment for students that students deserve. So don't lose hope and stand your ground because you're ma it matters. Your reason to fight and strike today matters. We haven't been waiting for this moment. It's been waiting for us. This is just the start. In order to be successful, we need to keep striking, voting, and holding those in office accountable. Think beyond today. Keep attending strikes. Learn about those in office. Join a movement. Demand change in your school, your workplace, and your community. Because the day will come when the younger generations ask us, what did you do when you had the chance to make change? And I know I want to say that we did everything we could, and we won. Stephanie, we just came from John Marshall. Because it's true. We just came from John Marshall High School, where we had some high schoolers try to hold Mayor Garcetti and also Superintendent Butner accountable on these different issues. Uh, they were calling for amnesty, so excused absences for these climate strikers. Um, but Butner said no. Garcetti said that's Butner's job. Called out Butner. Oh, great. So that was good. I was interested in that. We'll create a little, you know. But but he so he, and he said, hey, as a personal decision, I support the kids. It's an emergency, and an emergency needs action. So I don't know. Subtext: Go ahead and walk out of school, kids. Mayor Garcetti said so. Um, they, they called him out. They wanted support of this 100% resolution by 2030 that's happening in the LAUSD. Butner said, yes, I'm behind that. Garcetti kind of waffled. And Butner also said that, if, hey, 2030 is, is the, that's not soon enough. Let's get the city, we'll, we'll, we'll follow the city. Like as soon as we can get the city there, that's what LAUSD will do. So the kids went up on stage, the students went up on stage and said, Garcetti, will you get us to 20, to 100% by 2030? And he really politics and kind of made it sound to the students like he was saying yes, but he really wasn't. Gotcha. And they kind of let him up, fell off a little bit too easy, but they did a great job. So this was this morning when stay like before the protest? Yeah, well, this was over at, at lunchtime at John Marshall High School. Uh, Garcetti wanted to be there to announce his, his youth council, his new uh, climate youth council, instead of being here at the big strike. I don't. I can't imagine why that would be. Uh, they didn't want questions about a 2,500-foot buffer zone because that's supposedly in a legislative process, and they thought it could jeopardize if they had to ask a question about that. Uh, but they asked the question anyway. And uh, what I got out of it is that Mayor Garcetti says that this is on city council. 
and he is waiting to have that legislation fall on his table and he's going to sign it and we should fight for as much distance between neighborhood oil drilling sites uh, and, and have no, no neighborhood oil drilling whatsoever but deferred all responsibility for that, which we know is not acceptable. We know we need him to take leadership. It's a step, I guess, you know, he wants to work with Sunrise. He said Sunrise Movement uh, is inspiring to him and he's there, we're leading and he's there to follow. Good. So we're gonna lead and he's gonna have to follow. Uh, and he invited us to the top of City Hall today to go enjoy the view, so I think you know, we'll maybe, maybe we'll take him up on that and, and follow up on a couple of these Hold issues. Hold him accountable to that, because nice, I want to nice. see it. Uh, Rain and Lindley, uh, Sunrise, Phoenix. I came out because this is the biggest problem humanity has ever faced, and I see it as a massive injustice that the people responsible are the ones that are able to escape the consequences, and the people that were least responsible are the ones that are being most affected. And to me, that's an unbelievable injustice. First of all, a just transition to uh, get rid of fossil fuels. That's number one for a Green New Deal. For Arizona specifically, solar would be probably our best bet. It's sunny over 300 days a year. It's ridiculous that we don't have solar yet. I do want people to take home the fact that there are people that care. There are people that are out there that are fighting and it's not hopeless because it's easy to feel hopeless with a situation like this. Um, I want people to, I mean, obviously pay attention to their own actions pay attention to the political like scope, you know, um, vote, for God's sakes, vote. People gonna rise like the water, we gotta calm this crisis down. I hear the voice of my great-granddaughter, say climate justice now. The people gonna rise like the water, gonna calm this crisis down. Janine Gelsinger. I'm with Unitarian Universalist Justice Arizona Network. The narrative right now in the U.S. is about the religious right, and we are here to represent a religious left. We really believe that progressive values are moral values, and that everyone deserves the right to a clean, healthy planet and a life, a livable wage. Uh, everyone deserves the chance for opportunity, and we're really here to represent that voice. I hope that tomorrow they're thinking of the actions that they can take, the people in their networks that they can reach out to to bring to the next climate action, how they can get involved and plug in, and how they can organize in their own communities to build the people's movement even stronger. Wendy. Uh, I'm here with some friends and my daughter is going to meet me for her very first protest. I came out because the world is very, very close to disrepair and we really need to do something about it. Whether people believe in climate change or not, that's not the point. There's there's plastics everywhere. We could switch to hemp. We have the resources available to switch to renewable technology. Well, for the fence sitters, I hope that this brings a little awareness and makes them just, just think, just spark a little something in a different direction than they might see on Fox News. Forget your perfect offering. Forget your perfect offering. Just ring the bell that still can ring. Just ring the bell that still can ring. There is a crack in everything. There is a crack in everything. There's a light.
Greta Thunberg told us to think of climate change as if our house is on fire. The world is literally on fire. Not only the Amazon, but Indonesia, Siberia, Africa, and even the Arctic have been burning. Not to mention the traumatizing fires here in California. For those who live in these places, they have suffered displacement or worse. Some people have told me the effects of climate change will not happen in our lifetime. They are wrong, and sometimes I feel like they mean the drastic effects of climate change will not happen to us. While your actual house may not be burning, if we think bigger, it is our actual house. Earth, and we can't all go live on Mars. If you see yourself in all humanity and think of the indigenous people in Brazil or Borneo or Africa whose lives are threatened by these fires, it is your house. And if you think of your children as extensions of yourself and you love them, and you know the planet is getting hotter, then your house is indeed on fire. If you don't think of others in this way, there's no other word for you but selfish. Sometimes I wish I could live in an eternal dream of happiness, where reality is not real, where I could have a mansion with an indoor pool and not think of all the resources it took to build it, and I would gorge on Oreos and not know about the palm oil they're filled with where I would have roomfuls of balloons at my parties and not think where they end up. Sometimes I wish I didn't already know so much. There are people, grown adults, leaders even, who do live in this dream world and don't even see it for what it really is, an eternal dream of ignorance. This way of life is not sustainable. We are not entitled to destroy the planet because we want more stuff. And it's just a fantasy that has no way out but harm. It is time for our leaders to wake up. If I can live in reality at nine years old, then so should an adult who gets to make decisions about my life. This is where it gets hopeful, though. Kids have big imaginations. They can imagine a different world without pollution and deforestation. They are great at some things that grown-ups have for forgotten play and if they are educated about the climate crisis and truly care they can make a world that is sustainable beautiful and fun it may not always be so high speed or convenient but really you using up resources in this manner lacks imagination anyway the things that might happen in the future have not yet happened we have a window opened wide a window of opportunity Outside is a storm of destruction, of, in other words, climate change. Right now, the storm is at a very strong point of its power, becoming even more powerful. But wait, is that a ray of sunshine from behind the storm? We have opportunity after opportunity to delay climate change. If we use our imaginations and make the right choices, these brilliant sunlit moments that delay the progress of the storm that is climate change. We can start correcting our mistakes, but only if we have the entire crop of us fighting every day for the lives of others. Think of the genocide in the Amazon before you devour another state. Think of the Dayak people in Borneo before you eat another snack food ridden with palm oil. Think of the Gawichan people in the Arctic before you drive someplace you could bike. Think of the fish in the ocean before you use another plastic spoon or to-go container. Think of the people in LA without healthy food before you load up your plate and leave what's left for the landfill. There is an 
justice to people who are suffering drastic effects of climate change now, while others think they are immune and turn up their air conditioners and step on their gas. So speak up and tell your classmates to bring a zero waste lunch to school. Tell your film crews to bring their own reusable water bottles to set. Look at devices less and be in nature more. Rely on gadgets less and creativity more. Do 10 times more than what I'm suggesting. It is going to take political action to make a change. But we are here acting politically now, and we can leave here and act politically every day. We can live our lives as an example to politicians. No one is perfect, but for the sake of us all, for the sake of our future, everyone, and that includes people who make laws, people who make products, and people who make trash. We all have to be our best. My name is Claire Bates and I'm actually the West Valley lead for Arizona Youth Climate Strike. I am feeling very empowered and very inspired and hopeful because of today's action. The turnout today was amazing and I am so almost brought to tears by the power that I feel and the passion that I feel for this movement and I have a lot of hope for Arizona. Even though we are a red state currently, that we can really start to vote legislators into office that actually care about climate change because we are a powerful movement because our existence depends upon it. I want people to realize that this isn't something that they can just sit out on. This movement is literally about life or death, the extinction of the planet or whether we live. And I think that there's a lot of people that are sitting at home and that just didn't come to the strike, but I want people to know that this is something that they need to get involved in. That organizing in your communities is essential to being able to make our lawmakers hear our voices and take action on climate change because they're not going to unless we force them to and we need and I would also like people to walk away with a better understanding of what we are about as a movement that we are not partisan that we are committed to the people of Arizona I'm Casey Klaus and I'm running for Tempe City Council. We can work on a lot of issues. Uh, Tempe or city specifically have the power to affect land use and zoning and that means that we can dictate like where roads go and do those roads have bike lanes and do they have shaded sidewalks um, and promoting and not only do they have uh, bike lanes but do they have protected bike lanes so that bikers feel safe and you know like we can promote more people to bike oh we can like lower emissions our, our own like city emissions and set standards for new development uh, we can do green building code <laughs> we know we have an affordable housing crisis and so that we need housing and when we do it we should build it sustainably I hope that people tomorrow think of sustainability in every facet of their lives. We're not going to solve this just with like one climate plan that just talks about emissions or just talks about trees or just talks about bike lanes. Every policy decision, we need to be addressing climate in that uh, decision-making process. My name is Kevin Goddard. I'm here with Outlaw Dirty Money. So we are a nonpartisan campaign that's trying to basically outlaw dirty money and prevent 
things like what APS did a few years ago where they paid $10.7 million to buy two seats on the Corporation Commission. Those people then turned around and voted for a $95 million rate increase that we had to pay for as us, the voters and people of the community. So we're trying to prevent them from doing that and we're transparency, uh, disclosure, initiative that would be an amendment to the Arizona Constitution, but we need half a million signatures. We need 500,000 signatures in order to do that, um, and that's a really big task. So we're everywhere across the state. We've got, since we're nonpartisan, a lot of support from both sides. Um, both sides do also take dirty money, and that's something that we want to be really aware of. It's not directly, if you, if you look at the surface level, it may not seem like a sustainability initiative, but it's so critical that it is because all the major players are the ones that have so much money. And sustainability involves intergenerational and intragenerational equity. And your vote is something that's super important. So by saying that my money is worth more than your vote, if I'm a large corporation that's trying to not disclose, that's that's unconstitutional and that's not that's not sustainable. There's no equity in that. My name is Katie Smith. I'm here with NextGen. We are trying to get people to register to vote and then also sign a petition where we don't have class on election days. Um, well, we're, we want people who care about the environment, care about like what's going on in the country and make sure that they're updated on their voter registration so that they can get their point across because like we think that voter registration is like the most important thing for like young people to like get their voices heard. The role our capitalist economic system plays in causing this crisis. What is capitalism? It's an economic system in which goods and services are produced, not for the welfare of society, but for the profits of investors. This is because investors hold the ultimate power in our society. They control the companies, and since the purpose of investment itself is profit, the companies would think of a vast majority of our economy are driven primarily by profit. It becomes the force that drives how our economy is structured, how our goods and services are distributed, and how our society is built. The profit motive, however, is not quite married to what is best for both our society and, in turn, the environment. The fossil fuel industry is the largest industry on the entire planet, and fighting climate change is directly at odds with what earns them the biggest buck. Naturally, because of this threat to their profit, they have taken every action they can to combat any attempts to save our species from the climate crisis. They pour millions of dollars into politicians who are paid to deny climate change and millions more to stop even those who don't deny it from taking any significant action. In other words, because of our capitalist system, which fundamentally places profit over the well-being of society, any attempt to save our planet from climate change will be an insurmountable uphill battle. Because of this, if we ever want a truly green society, we must reject capitalism and fight for a new economic system that places the well-being of humankind and the environment over profit and endless growth. I'm Andrew Hudson. I'm with Phoenix DSA and uh, ASU YDSA and the Arizona for Bernie Sanders Coalition, all of whom are, I think, are in solidarity with this incredible organizing done by the, the Sunrise Movement and the, the Youth Climate Track folks. I'm, I'm a socialist because I'm an environmentalist. I don't think we can stop the catastrophic damage being done to our planet and our climate without a Green New Deal that actually takes all these, the, the giant industrial uh, system we've built and puts it in the hand of the people to make uh, decisions 
democratically, that benefit everyone and not just the, the profits of a few. I'm Kelly Graham and I'm here with Citizens Climate Lobby. It's all about starting small, right? So these are sort of the grassroots movements that really start to sort of build momentum for then, for bigger things to then happen. For us, it's all about clean water and having water because, you know, Arizona is going to be most affected by drought. Um, and so we can't live without water. <laughs> so I think for us, it looks, it looks like good jobs, clean air and clean water. clean energy for all of our energy needs. Our children are the ones who will pay the price if we don't take bold steps now. So as they said right now, I believe it's on Thursday, we need to flood uh, cinema and Martha McSally with calls and letters. We need to tell them and they need to know that we care and we care for not just for us, our communities, communities of color, but we care for future generations to come. Thank you very much, and let's keep fighting for our health and for future generations. Thank you so much. And thank you for the youth. Thank you, thank you so much for giving us this energy to keep going. Thank you. You know, I, I heard that California is a leader in the, in the fight for, you know, the transition, the just transition to renewable energy. False. Um, I don't know how many of you all knew this, but California is a petro state. How many of you all knew that California is a petro state? Boo! So much like Saudi Arabia or Venezuela or states that generate a significant amount of their income from extraction of oil and oil production, California is a petro state. So as one of the largest global economies, California is a huge polluter of the planet. But we don't really know that because we got this whole propaganda that California is super progressive and yada, yada, yada. So as the Last Chance Alliance, we're saying it's our last chance. It's our last chance to shift California's economy from an exploitative, extractive, oil-centric economy to a regenerative, cooperative uh, renewable energy centric economy. So our three demands that we are demanding Governor Newsom is to stop issuing new oil drilling permits. Since Governor <laughs> stop issuing new oil drilling permits, Newsom, because since Governor Newsom took office, those permits have doubled, which shouldn't have happened. Boo, shame Boo. on you, Governor Newsom. So our second demand is to drop existing oil production in California. Did you know that California imports 50 to 60% of Amazonian crude coming from the Ecuadorian Amazon, the same Amazon rainforest that's been on fire? 
So by advocating for this particular demand, we are raising pressure for Governor Newsom to take action to protect the Amazon rainforest because we want a ban on crude imports from the Ecuadorian Amazon, and we want that ASAP. All right, third demand. Third demand is to roll out a 2,500-foot safety and health buffer zone between frontline communities and oil drilling sites. Is that what you want or no? Because I don't know if I heard you. Right, so I don't know if you knew this, but LA has the largest urban oil fields. And California is a, anyways, won't get into it, but the communities who are on the front lines of oil drilling in Los Angeles are communities of color and low-income communities who are disproportionately contracting respiratory diseases and higher rates of cancer. And we're losing our family because of it, okay? So I wanna, I wanna hear you all advocate. I wanna hear that you all call the governor's office, that you tweeted at him, that you visited his office because we're literally dying. Our communities are dying because of this. That's all. Grateful to see you all rise up together. Okay, so, oh my God, I'm trying to not cry. Okay, so excited, so excited. First of all, I'm so sorry to exclude only English speakers at this very second, pero me gustaría dar un momento para tener conciencia que nuestra raza latina está con nosotros hoy. Que viva el pueblo y que viva la gente unida. Second of all, I want to thank all of our friends and allies that are here today. Eu quero dizer muito obrigado pelo povo brasileiro que está conosco hoje também. O nosso povo hoje está em solidariedade com o povo da Amazonas. Today we are here in solidarity with the people of the Amazon. So I'm here to tell you all why the fuck the youth are not in class right now. Yes, I'll say it, Queen. <laughs> so here's the deal. Here's the tea. One, climate refugees. This is a big one that is overlooked in a lot of climate movements, and we've made it our job to not ignore it anymore. When I was three, I left my country because of a lot of socioeconomic issues in it. And I haven't had a very nice welcoming up until my brothers and sisters joining me here today. We have children that look like me and children that look like some of you here today that are literally locked up in a building over there. So um, it's important to acknowledge that we have 100 companies producing over 70% of the pollution and carbon emissions that are going into our atmosphere today. And the majority of them come from developed countries. And I call bullshit on that because it's fucked up. Because we have corporations that are ruining our home countries. They are destroying our socioeconomic systems. They are destroying our government. Last week, we had the anniversary of 9-11. Now, a lot of you guys observed a very different 9-11 than I do. And I think it's important that we acknowledge the loss of all life. But in 1973, if my memory serves correct, 9-11 occurred in Chile. 
President Allende was elected to the office in Chile, and the CIA, as well as other intelligence agencies in the United States, got together to destroy his regime. They bombed the capital city day and night. President Allende killed himself during the attack, and I call fucking bullshit. And it's important that we acknowledge that a lot of this climate change is coming from these systems of imperialism, and that it's important that we let go of that today. So that was quite a rant, a very much needed and deserved rant, but that leads me to the first demand. <laughs> and that is the acknowledgement of climate refugees, as well as an easing in terms of, well, to put it in simpler terms, we want migration reform. So we want people to move into this country. We want it to do, for them to do them to do it safely. They don't have to walk through a fucking desert. It shouldn't be this difficult to move into a country because that country fucked up yours. Second of all, kings and queens and monarchs, I don't want to exclude anyone. Um, we had some of our friends join us today and some of them are still with us here today. We had indigenous youth leaders. Can we hear it for our youth leaders? We have so many indigenous people and I'm not gonna talk too much about it because I'm, I want to make sure that they have the space to do it on their own. I do not speak on behalf of anyone except myself and that is important for us all to do. Um, but we have been ignoring them for way too long. We have done some fuck up shit in this country. Fuck up shit. And so we need to stop that now. We need to acknowledge indigenous land rights. We need to make sure that this land that we stole, that we, that we pay something, that we give it back, that we do something, period. Because right now, right now we mess shit up and then we go back and fuck it up even more. And we can't do that anymore. That leads me to our third demand. That is the preservation of more than half of the world's ecosystems right now. So if you guys have been living, um, if you guys have um, been living under a cave for the past couple of months, um, a very important piece of our human history and culture caught fire, right? Um, we were wondering um, what was going to be of us without it. Um, we had people um, sing songs and gather around it. Um, and meanwhile, we had something even more important burning in the global south. And we refused to acknowledge it because Notre Dame got millions of dollars within the first couple of hours of it catching fire. And we haven't done shit about the Amazon yet. So today, that's one of our demands. We want to protect our ecosystems. We want to look at City Hall. We want to look at our state government. We want to look at our federal government, at our, at our at, at governments around the world. And we're going to ask them, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? Period. Because we need action. Number four. Number four. And this is a very, very, very important one. I know a lot of media has gathered today, especially as we're like, whoa, right? Um, and then hopefully you guys will be back the next time around and the next time around because democracy dies in darkness. So I do want to take a moment to acknowledge everyone that is here with media. I don't care if you're filming for your blog, CNN or Fox or whatever you're doing. You guys are amazing and keep that up. Um, we need a Green New Deal. We got together in Iowa like a month ago now or two months maybe 
I lose track of time when I'm shuffling in paperwork and stuff, making this happen. But in Iowa, we gathered and we talked about what we wanted the media to take away from this event. This event in which millions of youth gathering worldwide are getting together to demand the same things. And we talked about the power of stories and the power of headlines because sometimes we're too busy or too lazy or whatever you want to call it. We want a Green New Deal. Today, that is our message for the media. That is a message for our governments. We are striking for a Green New Deal. So make it happen fast. Forget your perfect offering. Forget your perfect offering. Just ring the bells that still can ring. Just ring the bells that still can ring. There is a crack in everything. There is a crack in everything. That's how, That's how the, light the light gets in. That's how the light gets in. Forget your perfect offering. Forget your perfect offering. Just ring the bells that still can ring. Just ring the bells that still can ring. There is a crack in everything. There is a crack in everything. That's how, That's how the light, the light gets in. That's how the light gets in. Forget your perfect offering. Forget your perfect offering. Just ring the bells that still can ring. Just ring the bells that still can ring. There is a crack in everything. There is a crack in everything. That's how, That's how the, light the light gets in. That's how the light gets in. That's how, That's how the, light the light gets in. That's how the light gets in.